This is the Wandering Berry Center podcast. I am your host, Brian. Sitting directly across from me is Alex. For the first time. Hello, everyone. And joining us is our dad. Hello there. And our brother, Mike. Hello. I suppose our dad's name is Rick. We can... Yeah, so we He's are older than us. And I'm, yeah. brother, I'm brother Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also older than us. Also. Yeah. So we are here in Indianapolis, Indiana, checking out the Meekum car... I'm sorry, not the car show, the auction. The Meekum auction. Um, and yeah, we're just going to... Maybe explain a little bit about what that is. Yeah, I guess um, this guy, Dana Meekum. Dana, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, started uh, over 30 years ago this car auction, and it has since grown to one of, if not the biggest, car auction yeah. I think conglomerate. Kind of, kind of flip-flops between Meekum and uh, Barrett Jackson and some right. of the others, but right. yeah, it's definitely been the largest, if not now, in the past. So yeah, at the Indianapolis Fairgrounds, they had over 2,000 cars mm-hmm. ranging everything from run-of-the-mill Mercedes all the way up to... Million dollar Ferraris. Million dollar Ferraris. And Two fire trucks peppered in there. Yeah. <laughs> boats. A couple boats. Yep. Engines. Oh yeah. All kinds of stuff. And it's pretty. Even a tractor. Yes. <laughs> yes, there was. Um, yeah, and they have multiple locations. So um, Indianapolis is one of them, but they'll go to like Denver and I forget what's on there. Oh, uh, there was one in Vegas. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then it's a car auction, just like you might imagine. There's a, a block, so to speak. The cars roll up. They've got a humana, 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 humana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the humana, humana is, is what I'll talk about first. But yeah, so um, we got together. We're here. And we figured it would be fun to try and do an episode. Yeah. This is also your guys' first time ever doing any sort of recording with this, right? Uh, yes. yes, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New experience. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I guess the first thing uh, that I was going to bring up was while you're sitting in the auction room. So you can go in and you show up and they've got a big showroom when you walk in and uh, mm-hmm. and then you can walk around. You can check out cars and there are 2,000 cars at this particular one, which is huge. I mean, they've been auctioning since Tuesday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. Um, May, uh, May 15th they started. Saturday being the premiere day, so today's that was today. Mm-hmm. Um, through Sunday. Through Sunday. Yeah, Lots so I things. think, you know, they have, I don't know how many auctions a year, over 10. 2,000, I think, is generally the, the limit. Highest, yeah. And then they'll have, like, 1,000, 1,500, as low as, like, 600, I think. Yeah, five or 600 at a show. So it's definitely one of the biggest ones. So the first thing that I was going to bring up was um, when you get past all the cars that you can see and you're actually sitting in the auction room, and you're listening to the guy, the auctioneer, doing the, the fast-paced, we've been calling it the humana humana, I don't know what else to really call it. <laughs> Just the auctioneering, I think. Yeah. Um, you, after a few, I don't know how long we sat there the first time yesterday, but after a while, you feel like accosted by the noise. Like, it's, a, it's almost a battle between you and the auctioneer to, like, stay focused and... Yeah. And not, like, get lost in the drown, you know, just the, the whole thing. Um, well, and that's the point, right? Is to right. create, like, chaos almost in a sense <laughs> in the room to, like... Generate hype. If he's going really fast, your mind's thinking fast, you know, you gotta, you feel like you need to make a decision quickly. You don't have all day to sit there and decide whether you're going to make the bid or not. Mm-hmm. Right? So, But I found myself with the, with, like, the, 
the junk words that they would put in. So, you know, they would say prices and, and you know, 42,000, 40,000. They probably take offense to that. <laughs> they <words>. might. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the just the filler and stuff, like, eventually you just, like, you keep hearing the same thing over and over again. I just found myself, like, at the end of the day yesterday, like, mentally drained in a certain way. Because I, I had a headache after the first day. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but... And I was thinking about all the guys that are down. We were we were only in the auction room for a couple hours, and they're auctioning from ten thirty in the morning till sometime in the evening. Yeah, I don't we, know. We left at five. And they might still be going right now. What number were they on when we left? Not they were on like one fifty. Not even right. And there's two fifty. Yeah, yeah. And that was at four o'clock roughly. So they're going maybe till eight o'clock at night or something. I don't know. Yeah, we left. No, we left around one thirty five because we saw the. Um, number 35 Corvette collection which That's was right. 132. That's right. So we left at 132. The number of cars was 132, not the, the time. They, they, they right. have yes, all the cars yes. numbered. Right. And, right. Uh, not to mention all the filler, the ones that kind of get slotted in in between randomly. Yeah, this yeah. is going up to S273. Okay, wow. So they're still going. That's, they're still going right now. <laughs> yeah, every, so, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, every car has a code that uh, mm-hmm. tells you which day and roughly, you know, the timing of when it's going to come across mm-hmm. the block so you can kind of plan ahead of mm-hmm. what you either, in our case, want to see or if you're bidding, what you want to what you want to bid on. So my ultimate important designation, we were not here to bid. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Spectators. Spectators Spectator only. only. And we met a guy who, when we told, we sat down for lunch yesterday... And we needed a table, and there's a guy alone, so we just asked if we could hang out with him for a second. And we sat down, and he asked us if we had bought anything, and we told him, no, we were spectator only. And you could see in his face, he just just like, oh, you guys are, nah. I'm not spending time talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, what did you buy? Because I asked him. Some Porsche, right? Yeah, yeah he didn't say early, early 80s, 911. Yeah, yeah, he didn't specify which one. I wasn't going to ask. Yeah, no, he didn't seem too talkative. No. No, no, we were too low on the totem pole for him. <laughs> So my ultimate endpoint of that of of bringing up the the noise and the, the auctioneer and the constant is I just kept thinking about all the people that are in that room all day, whether it be bidders who are sitting there all day yep. or people that work for Mecom in that room the whole time, day after day. I just I don't know how they their ears don't explode or yeah, something. I, don't I know. mean, imagine they get used to it to some degree, right? They so have to. Yeah, they can drive. Do it yeah, if you don't, yeah. you're you're done. You're not going to make yeah. it. Trying to think maybe, of something maybe similar. I should get into a little bit about for anybody out there that isn't familiar with a car auction. You know, your consignment fee, buyers fee, all that stuff. Oh, the yeah. amount of money Mika okay. makes. Why are you and also, us? we sh- should get into all the stuff. If you watch a Mecham auction or any other auction on TV, there is so much you don't see. Oh yeah, it is amazing. The production yeah. is just yeah. The, the, yeah, what it takes to put one on is is just incredible. And and when you walk in, you have access as a even as a spectator mm-hmm. to look at every car. I think that was the surprising part for me. Touch it, look at yeah. it. Uh, very few of them said, "Do not touch." Yeah. Um, but you notice nobody was like climbing in the car. Right? No. no, everybody no. there was respectful. But yeah, you right. could walk right up to them while they're waiting in line to. Except for one guy, I, I found <laughs> you guys didn't hear this, but when we were on the floor, I just just happened next to be next to Alex. You know the they line all the cars up in a couple lanes, and so we were just in that area, and I saw this guy, and he was just running his hand along every single car, and not even just like one or two fingers, like like awkwardly sliding. I wish my hand could make a noise right now, 
on the table. Like, he was just touching everything. Yeah. And I was just looking at him like, dude, what are you doing? What's he was on? getting to know the area. Yeah. Every single week. Uh, he, 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 he was taking up close and personal, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, so anyway, you've got, uh, if you're going to sell a car, you've got a, a period of time where you, where you, uh, it's called consignment. So you register with Meekum to sell your car. Mm-hmm. There's a fee for that. Then when you're actually at the auction to buy, um, so let's say you, you, do, you do have the winning bid. There's a buyer's premium, they call it, but essentially it's a percentage of what you just bought the car for that goes to... Mr. Meekum. Mr. Meekum. <laughs> and, and Yeah, and then, you know, there's probably other fees in there as well that that you know we didn't even uh know about yeah and uh and and as we said with every with every car that got sold mr meekum's smile got larger and larger. definitely <laughs> well and you, you can see him pay attention to the more expensive cars absolutely. a lot more than oh yeah absolutely fifty thousand dollar cars are nothing no <laughs> well not only is he getting the, the concessions and everything from the buying and the selling and the various fees and all that but then it's all being broadcast on live Television, yeah, yep. he's getting, you know, he's selling the licensing rights for that. that yeah, that too. The various um, sponsors. Yeah. I mean, it just the money has got to be pouring in. Left the, right. That said, though, he's spending a lot of money. I mean, yeah. it's it's very clear he's spending a lot of money to to put this on. I mean, God knows renting how many the he had, renting the fairgrounds. Oh yeah, we didn't mention. Did, did, did you mention that it's at the Indianapolis fairgrounds? I think Brian mentioned. I said that, where yeah. we, the oh, city we're in, yeah. but uh, yeah, at the fairground. So they're renting the entire facility. Basically, yes, I mean, the overhead has got to be pretty high, but uh, <laughs> but the money is just pouring in. At least it seemed like that from where yeah. we were. So yeah. So, well, yeah. they've got as they've got many sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, so just yeah. the straight ticket count. You know, I'm sorry, the spectator, the spectator tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The different revenue streams the involved. Merch. That guy. They're, they're, he they're, they're squeezing every dollar out of that. He looks pretty account. relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess after 30 years uh, selling vehicles like this, he should be. Yeah. What do you but think? It is cool that he attends all of them. All, all of them. them. Yeah. I mean, he's out. You he clearly watch on TV. He's there. I mean, I guess I can't say for the Tuesday auction whether he was there. Probably, though. He's on site regardless, right? Yeah. So why wouldn't he? Yeah. Should be. So, yeah. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah, and what's really cool about part of the production is uh, you get to see all the people that are maneuvering cameras. Mm-hmm. You get to see the area where the the uh, the telephone bidders, people that call up that are re- that are registered to uh, bid by telephone. There's there's a group of people that handle them. Mm-hmm. There's a group of people that handle internet bidders, um, and then there's the table uh there the area where there's three people that are doing the announcing for the tv yep. show yeah it's a whole thing it's a professional operation for sure it's impressive mm-hmm. yeah and there uh there was the couple of guys who you always see on tv who kind of go off site and like check out some of the cars as they're coming up so basically all the cars get staged in yep. rows yep. ahead of time so i mean you have rows of how deep do you think those were 100 cars deep each uh, each? I don't know about each, but it's up there. Long. It's up there. I, at least yeah. 50. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of cars that are staged. They yeah. have six lanes six of lanes 50 cars each. All say. ready to go, and, and they bring them up, you know, in line. And so sometimes the broadcast people go out and, you know, check stuff check out. Check stuff out and show those cars that are on their way up. And yeah, so you can kind of see how all that comes into play and gets put on TV. Yep. And 
Many cars are driven in. Some are pushed. Mm-hmm. But most. It wasn't clear driven. how it wasn't clear how that was decided. <clears throat> yeah, some were, cars get to rev the, the engine and put on a show, and others where you want that to happen just. Right, right. There was a drag car that they started up, which is the loudest one that we had heard the whole time, and it was, of all the cars that you would have wanted to hear, it was a cool one to hear, but it was not the one we, you know, there were so many other cars. Ford GT or any of those V12 Ferraris that would have sounded just like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) But, and then on the contrary, that, while very cool, that giant lifted Chevy pickup, Remember on Friday? Oh, yeah. That yeah, we yeah. all really liked? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. That had the giant 500-something cubic inch V8 in it. Yep. They revved that on stage, and that, that was, was great. You know, like a couple thousand, not a couple thousand, tens of thousands, but nothing ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it wasn't bright. That got revved. Yeah, yeah, it did. Don't know how they choose. Well, it gets the bidders excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you wonder, in that sense, it makes you wonder why they're not starting every car. Like, when that drag car started up, you imagine they're doing that to impress people going back a little bit to you know all the staff running around and everything I thought it was kind of neat how you know this is something that's broadcast on I'm assuming live TV and yeah. yet you still have in the main auction area the block I guess for whatever you want to call it you know some of the bidders and you know, mm-hmm. family members people just you know walking around it's fairly casual very right, open, right yeah. you know just people hanging out checking out the cars and yeah. you know it's like the the the, the TV cameras were almost an afterthought, which I guess makes it more Real. relatable or more yeah, 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 yeah. But it was, it was cool. interesting to see. There was yeah. one moment where I thought we were going to get hit in the head with that boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That <laughs> camera. Yeah. 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 When they were looking at the... Uh, oh, the, the Sahara? The Golden Sahara, oh, too. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> Don't get me yeah. started. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, well a little teaser. For yeah. <laughs> I was going to say we should oh. tell about the... Um, I was I would say they have the uh, the the audience is kind of um, segregated. Um, oh yeah, um, by your status. Oh, by, <laughs> yeah. literally by your status. Yes. If you are a, a gold, a if you are a gold member, you're right up front. Yeah. Gold members, we kind of figured out these are the people that are there. It was five hundred bucks to be a gold member bidder. For the year, and oh, you, the year. And, yeah, and, it was five hundred. But yeah, and, and you're there at several auctions. I can, I imagine these people you're are buying are yearly doing, membership. Yeah, these yeah. people are doing auctions. You know, buying and selling all the time. In fact, we met one guy that's. I mean, the cars, the regulars. Um, and then you got, then yeah. you got eh, not so well off bidders. Uh, <laughs> registered you know, bidders. Registered, yes, registered. They're bidders. there for and, their one car, maybe. Uh, and there is a two hundred dollar fee to be a registered bidder. And then you got the general public who's just there for the experience, like us. Us peasants. Us peasants. I was going to say we should tell, I don't know if anybody, uh, the GT, because that was quite Well, that was going to be my favorite That's yours, event of the whole thing. Real yeah. quick, I think maybe you guys, uh, you guys could probably describe it better, but I think one of the, we, we should talk a little bit about the very first thing we encountered walking in there, the Dodge... Uh, gar- oh, the Dodge Garage. That's oh, true. We should. That was that, that was the, the very first thing we encountered, really. Yeah. Well, Dodge likes to come to a lot of these events, um, which they're really good at marketing. Because um, I've, I haven't done this before, but I've been to multiple things now where Dodge has set up, um, basically their Hellcat, which is their seven hundred horsepower engine that they stuff into everything now. <laughs> <laughs> so they have the Chargers and the Challengers, which are the two door and four door uh, cars. Yeah muscle cars that they have now um, they've had for a while but 
Yeah, basically they had like a ride-along setup, so you would give away all your information. That part was uh, that was uncomfortable. Your phone number, your email, and you have license. license you scanned your license yeah. to make it quicker, but yeah. also, so but anyway. it's free. So it's free. You get a T-shirt, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they take you for. Um, it probably lasted a, a good minute. Um, thereabouts. thereabouts, but you know, a quick ride in a 700 horsepower car where the, initially, um, they just step on in the line, you get to feel that acceleration and then they have a little, um, drift yeah, a little tight little drift skid pad course in the back where they do quite a few, they whip you around pretty good. They fast. whip you around pretty good. Um, three, four, maybe even up to five turns in the back to the side there and Before then they, they power out and then they do a power slide out and, and then back to the start and. Yeah, so it was a nice little thrill ride well, to experience well, that power. It, but as we're walking up to tr- the first day, just trying to find the entrance to this place, just wondering yeah. how the hell we get in here. Because <laughs> we had never we're been. Just, yeah, no we idea. just hear this screaming, just, yeah. like uh, the engines just and screeching Engine the tires. And, tires. <laughs> and just like, what the hell is going on here? And then we see it. And, and, uh, and as we got closer... The smell of burning rubber. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what, what, what an intro to, uh, to it this was event. Cool. It, it was. was. We're like, oh, we, that's when we, we got really excited. Because when, when we first saw them, like, you know, you kind of got an idea, like, so somebody's doing burnouts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Somebody's doing something. But then ultimately, you see that they're running, what, five cars at a time. Probably, yeah. And it's really tight, this little skid pad they have. So and at one point, there were three cars all simultaneously running around the skid pad where if any one driver acts, you know, screwed up, yeah, the potential for cars to collide was pretty high. Yeah, they definitely have, you know, the drivers themselves are obviously confident, but the whole setup was putting a lot of faith in, in them in the not drivers. oversteering yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but yeah, so walking up though, yeah, you're right, just the way the, the atmosphere it that it created fun. was we all got ridiculous. At that moment. <laughs> yeah, that kind of set the tone, didn't it? Yeah, yeah it did. And, and <laughs> how often fun. did they change rear tires? Oh yeah. I what was the, it? The the driver I think Brian and I asked or talked to or whatever. He said uh, roughly every two hours they had yeah. to change out a set of tires. Rear tires. Let's be. The yeah, front tires right. are probably okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they're running those cars at least eight hours. Nonstop. It's a good. I would say not only is it a great marketing event from getting you excited about the car, but it's a pretty good durability test because sure is. It was eighty degrees both days, and they're just pole Pound. after pole after pole, skid after skid. Yeah. I also thought about the drivers too. I mean, two hours of, of doing that. I mean, those drivers are gonna be tired. At the end uh, luckily, of those cars are very much shrewdable. They had the ACs going and everything. I mean, they were fine. Yeah, no, but like just the, the raw forces on, on the driving mm-hmm. after two hours or however long, you know, I don't know. There's been a race. Probably don't want to eat right before you're about to. No, we almost did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the drivers, but yes, yeah, yeah, us yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we, we should note that there were no special restraint harnesses in the cars. No, no just, helmets, no nothing. Just the normal seatbelts that you would get when you buy the car. Yeah. Adds to the kind of lackadaisical approach to the whole event, the whole marketing. I did hand. hold on to the, I don't know what you call it, the handle. The ocean yeah. handle. The ocean handle, yeah, I was De- holding on to that for dear life. Definitely a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, Even in the back like I was. was a lot of fun. Well, they said the, the sitting in the back was, was, was the best seat. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you could go stand at a spot where at the where they power out and they exit out and they really lay on the, the tire smoke. You could stand basically in the... 
if you, if it were a racetrack, you could actually stand in the impact zone, basically, of a oh, corner. Yeah. yeah. And be literally, I could have reached out and touched of a car. Of which there were no barriers. No barriers. Like, really casual. <laughs> oh, and when To the they, point of danger. And, and, and when, when the ride is over... Uh, you go through a, I don't know how many feet of uh, wet pavement to cool the tires. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And take a survey. Yeah. You, <laughs> give, wanna... you give them your info, yeah. you get in the car, and they, they hustle you because they're trying to do as many runs as they can. And then after 50 seconds, you get out and do another, you give them more info, and then, you know, but... Then they let you go. <laughs> but it is all I haven't gotten a single email from Dodge yet, though, so... <laughs> they let it fester for a minute, and then they'll just... Then they'll, then they'll start hammering. They want you to forget for a minute. <laughs> I want to say something real quick about that, actually. If you're going along on a ride like this, or anything similar, don't film it with your phone. Yeah. Come on. And I saw so many people sitting there in the driver's seat with their cell really? phone firmly in hand, watching the screen while they're, you know, paying attention to that. Not only are you never going to go back and watch that video, but you're taking away from just enjoying... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Come on. Would you hold the phone while you're riding on a roller coaster? I mean, probably not. Uh, maybe. Not. Maybe, maybe some of people would. I don't know. It just, it's the same thing as filming a concert. You're never going to go back and watch that video. Just enjoy it. I feel like that's a little insulting to the driver, too. It's like, yeah, oh, it is. I actually, I've, yeah. I've, uh, down in South Carolina with some of the BMW drivers at the track, because I got to go there a couple times. Uh, they would talk about that. Yeah. It was a little... And not insulting to them, but disappointing. Like, the in the same way, I'm... In, enjoy the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Put your damn phone down. Yeah, our guy was pretty cool. He was playing Incubus when we got in. <laughs> I wish you were here. It was nice. a really good song. And I, t- I said that, and he cranked it up. <laughs> <laughs> and he... Uh, yeah. Well, I asked him what happened to those cars after they're done. He said oh. they go back to the factory. Like, <laughs> what does that mean? They go up to the dealer lot. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. That's what I wanted to know. Uh, Alex, you, you mentioned when, when you, you and I were in the same car, um, and you were in front, but you had a comment to uh, your brothers here that uh, how our driver was kind of casually holding onto the wheel and just kind of oh, letting right, the car right. throw. We had the same driver. That's yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. We did have the same driver. And yeah. given how tight the course was, he might have not had another option. It's hard for me to say not driving the car, but he was letting go of the wheel a lot to let it naturally spring back. And, right. Let and the car just drive. Yeah, itself. his hand positioning wasn't... Uh, I mean, obviously he was fine in terms of we made it out alive, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, we are talking about it. Yeah. I was just saying, I but did. yeah, he, he, there were definitely moments where we were going sideways in a 700 horsepower vehicle and no one had their hands on the wheel. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which... To say would not be obviously it's not normal, but like if you were drifting around a proper course, you wouldn't you wouldn't let go of the wheel. No, no, you wouldn't do that. Um, but yeah, it was but really it's tight. very tight. So almost like I wonder I wonder what other fair like where they do that. I wonder because both I mean the tightness was both because of like where they had set up, but then also they don't want it probably to be much longer than it was in terms of run time. Oh, yeah. Run to, you know what yeah, I mean? No, that because they like need to cycle people through. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, but if it were a longer course, you could add in more cars, too. This isn't... Fair statement. I was just going to say, this is kind of just a side note, but I was wondering to myself, you know, they're literally burning rubber all over this pavement here that's they don't own. Yeah. <laughs> Can they, did, did they clean that up? Or how no. do they just leave, you know, these uh, tire marks all over? Oh, no, I would imagine... They just, just stay. It yeah. just stays there. Um, I do know just from my 
love of racing. Rain actually has a surprising ability to wash a good bit of it away. It won't certainly won't get rid of like you'll still see it. Yeah. But in terms of like, you know, there were definitely spots where like you could have like Yeah, it's just rubber deposited yeah. literally on the road surface. Yeah. So. But you could have like there are definitely spots where like if it was warm enough and you put your hand like your hand would probably would have stuck to the road. Yeah. That's how much rubber was being, Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going through two hours uh, or two tires uh, or going through tires every two hours. That rubber's going somewhere. Yeah. Sure is. Well, that's why at the end of the ride they went through the, the uh the wet pavement zone. Yeah, I wish yeah, I could. Yeah. I wish I could have asked the drivers. I was really curious how, um, if at some point, so when they would have first showed up, the, the little area that they would have set up, the traction would have been one way, and then as they rubber in the track, as it's called, mm-hmm. um, the, tr- the the way the cars handle will change. Yeah. And I was really curious if at a certain point that just flatlined. You know what I mean? They just got to it. Like saturated pinpoint with the rubber on the right, road and okay. right. I was just I was curious. I didn't obviously yeah, didn't ask yeah. any of them. They, you didn't have time to ask anybody anything. No, <laughs> no, no. They Dad barely had a seatbelt on before the guy was. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Me too. I was yeah, barely exactly. in the car before he started driving. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, when Mike and I walked out, the guy was like, "Come on, come on, come on!" Yeah, like it, yeah, oh, they're they're hustling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get him in, get him out. Yeah. yeah, but that was definitely it was fun. Really like. Dodge definitely gets a lot of points for yeah. that sort of thing. I really liked the, before you got in the car, they asked you from 1 to 10 how likely you are to recommend Dodge <laughs> to a friend. <laughs> and then, and after, then the, after the ride, they asked you the same question. <laughs> now, okay, how, how likely are you? I upped my answer. I gave them the, the bait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, put an 8 before and a 9 after, I think. I think I, I threw him a bone. I, <laughs> I, I think I gave him a seven first and then a ten. You want him to know that that those types of things are working, right? Yeah, it was fun. It was so really fun. cool. I like to see them do that kind of stuff. Yep. No, that was that, that was very cool. Yeah. Nice little little side event. I, I the last thing I will say on that, or at least for me, is uh, I definitely was not that you would obviously want this to happen, but every time I would hear the tire squeals when we were off doing whatever, I was just always waiting for the bang. And you said that <laughs> crash. You know, like I put those noises together in your mind, um, so you're kind of expecting a little bit, right? And the barriers you you pointed this out, Alex, as we were leaving, that the barriers that they had set up had a car lost control, and there was anybody on the other side of those barriers, it, you were they not. were protecting against the light tap, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So t- today we're 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 leaving and we're we're exiting the the entire event, going back to to get a ride home. And we're walking past the edge of this the, the course, and uh, yeah, Alex pointed out the, the barriers, and uh, just, yeah, they were like just those, plastic filled with water. Yeah, and Hopefully like not even water. a solid line. <laughs> no, spaced no. out like you know. And then behind the barriers was a chain link fence. Oh, yes, yeah, so which was not cars. anchored. Which was not anchored no, down. And, and, it was a portable and, and fence. if one of those Hellcats, <laughs> one of those Hellcats was coming through, and you were in the wrong place, you wouldn't have time to kiss yourself goodbye. Right, see, ya. <laughs> they're like forty six hundred pounds or something like that. They're what do they? Uh, what, do, what do they go for? Roughly, you get a uh, new Hellcat for like sixty-five. I think is, is roughly oh, right. the amount of performance in that car for that amount of money. Seven hundred horsepower for sixty-five yeah, that is, grand. That is crazy. That, that's like, a bargain. I mean, that's the level where you know your average Joe can just get that. You know what we can do? <laughs> Maybe I'll open this episode with the sound. I did record some sound of the cars. That'd be cool. Yeah, because it was great yeah. sounding. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. It was, it was they do sound real nice, especially. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because they had them in between those buildings. Yeah, and like you got the a sounds little kind of bouncing yeah. off. Yeah. yeah, it was nice. If you yeah. were blindfolded and had no idea where that sound was coming from or what it was, it would have been terrifying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is an appropriate name. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was something we didn't uh, expect to uh, experience. But uh, to use a line from some Saturday Night Live show a long time ago, good times, good times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> Let's, um, All right, so favorite cars? I was just going to say the same. Sure. I was just going to say the oh. same. Go ahead. Let's all start. Right, I'll start. Um, all right. So my favorite one was the the 2017 Ford GT. Um, not the Mustang GT, the actual GT. So their supercar. And the reason, not only is it one of the most beautiful cars in modern times. The thing is, the it, they designed just, it. When I look it. at that car, I think like, man, how had nobody ever thought about doing some of the design cues that they have in that thing? Because they're just so. Well, I understand why nobody ever has because they're so crazy perfect. and perfect. And but the thing's gorgeous. It's and and when you see it in person, it's 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 function functional and beauty like just in a perfect harmony. It's really cool. Like a lot of these cars, it really is a work of art. It is like most of these cars. Yeah, so yeah. Say, it's a work of art. It's not just a vehicle. You said earlier today, Ford designed it, but they didn't build it. Yeah, so the, so the thing is, is they, um, a Skunks Works team at Ford, actually in the building I work in, in an unlabeled room in the basement, put this car together in, you know, less than two years, I think. Is, Which is crazy fast. Yeah, well, that goes to show how a small team works more efficiently than a large team. But anyway. Um, <laughs> no salt. No salt. Uh, yeah, so this car is, is designed... By Ford with input from this company called Multimatic, and the reason they they had input from them is because this car is basically 100% carbon fiber, and from a structural standpoint, Ford's never done that before, so makes sense to get some input from some pretty experienced right. people, which is who this company is. Carbon fiber's got a lot of art in its. It's different than doing steel and aluminum, that's right. for sure. Um, so they also are, that company is responsible for assembling and building the product too, because they have the, the know-how, the know-how and the, you know, capacity to do that, which Ford has no other carbon fiber vehicles. So it's such a low volume model, they're not going to invest in that. So they outsource the building, but it's fine. This particular GT though. This one, and the reason why is my favorite beyond all that is because, um, it shouldn't have been there. Putting yeah, it simply, yeah, yeah. Um, Ford made everybody, they made 500 of these cars, they're still making them, but 500 will be made over 2017, 2018, and you signed a contract saying that you wouldn't sell the car within 24 months because um, they wanted people who are going to drive them, enjoy them, show them off, get them social media attention, because um, in the at the end of the day, it's a marketing vehicle. Yep, they don't make money on it. They don't. Um, not directly, anyway. Right. Um, so yeah. So somebody, this car was built, you know, fifteen months ago. He was so number forty something, right? Forty-eight, I believe, okay, out of right. two fifty for twenty seventeen. Yep. So regardless, it was built less than two years ago. That's for sure. Um, so according to Ford's contract that this owner signed, it should not have been up for sale. Um, so there was a lot of controversy going into it before it even crossed the block. Apparently, and, a court case court case and I guess according to Meekum himself who, yeah. who came and spoke about the car ahead of time 
as or, as the car came up on the, the block, Mecham Mecham did a little thing. Yeah, and this speak. was a star attraction of today for sure. Yes, one of. Um, yeah, he said that they the court ruled in favor of Mecham and that it was perfectly legal for them to sell it. So, I'm I'm waiting to hear more about that because yeah. I don't think the story's over. Honestly. No. But he, but from what he said, he was pretty much just like game on. Yeah, yeah. He, he said, "America, you can buy what you you can buy and the sell whole what you room. want." The whole <laughs> room. That's right. When he said that, the whole room erupted <laughs> in cheers because everybody Which I don't disagree with. That's, no, but no. And you signed a contract also, so yeah. Well, yeah, what you're getting into a contract is a contract. Yeah. Uh, so right, uh, were, were there holes in the contract? Was the contract not written properly? Well, or, so what's interesting what's... is John Cena. Everybody yeah. knows who that is, right? Um, no. He, <laughs> um, he's a wrestler. He's a wrestler, right? But he's since ascended beyond his wrestling persona. He's a, he's just a okay, so public figure. Okay, give me give Dad a break. I never followed wrestling. Oh no, so, no, so, no, so, no, so, no, 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 none of us did. Yeah, yeah, he's like the Rock. He's just become yeah. Oh, that's a good yeah, yes. Right. That's excellent. There you go. Yeah, so. so he he got <laughs> you had to apply to buy this car. Ford had to let you give them four hundred fifty grand minimum. <laughs> <laughs> oh please. Um, so whatever. So he got one and he almost immediately sold it. Reasons unknown. Some people think it's because he didn't fit in it. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, actually, I hadn't even thought of that. I'm picturing the bucket seat right now. That's highly There's plausible. a video of him on YouTube showing off, getting delivered, and he gets in it, and he's like, my poor GT. <laughs> I'm putting my hands up towards my face right now, because he can't see me, but he looked very large. I believe that, yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, so he is in a legal battle still, but so far, it's not... It, isn't a clear, you know, Ford wins this, he shouldn't have sold it. And that's partially close. because the, the the their intent to restrict does not appear to have a lot of law actually behind it. Yeah. It's more sure. of a good faith, it's never... more contract law rather than actual. So when you sign the contract, you're, you're putting your name down against the clause of 24 months and all that. Mm-hmm. But the contract itself is essentially the only legally binding part of that. And there are certainly ways to get out of a contract versus, you know, you know, stealing is wrong or is, is against the law just outright. Like there's no contract you could ever sign to make stealing illegal. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So Ford's desire to restrict you does not does not appear at least to actually have a law anywhere behind it. Yeah. Versus so the only thing keeping it all together is the fact that you signed that contract and a tiny, tiny bit of law learning that I did in college, there are definitely ways to get out of that kind of contract. Okay. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what the precedent is now with these cars, Yeah. Um, now that this happened. And, and Ford made a statement saying that they were totally caught off guard with this car showing up at Meekum. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not even in the program. Nope. It, it was like a... It was secret. Yeah, it was, and, and it was definitely secretive. I mean, I know, but what did it? What did it sell for? One point six. One point six. Yes. Yep. 1.6. And it's it's Which retail is, retail in quotes. So four fifty is the minimum price, but options. I mean, options. I mean that that one wasn't. There's a couple different things that'll really jack up the price on one, but um, that was at least a five hundred thousand dollar car from Ford. Um, and again, they lose money on it, so it's not like. Yeah, you know, you can almost say that 1.6 million is its real value because a that somebody paid for it. But uh, yeah, so whoever bought that car is somebody that applied to buy one and, and didn't get said one. no. Oh, so they were like, fuck. "Now's my chance," and that's the thing. That's one reason why it went for triple the cost is because yep. 
it was that one or none. I mean, for at least the time being, right? Supply and demand. That's it. <laughs> 101, people. <laughs> it's funny, too. We were looking right at, like, as soon as the car sold, Alex and I were, I was pulling up my phone and, and like, trying to see, like, for a little bit. In fact, I don't have the phone with me, but we should check after this. Um, looking well, we'll to see, see if news, like, yeah. it was a big deal. So yeah, we were yeah, checking we'll to see if, if news was, like... Might, I mean, I get a little bit of the intel, so we'll see what happens. Um talk around the office the, the, the next the, couple the of days. water cooler the talk. water cooler talk. <laughs> I would imagine at this point probably not in Ford's best interest to continue fighting this. I don't think they'll fight it. I think I'm just interested to see what happens with future Well the vehicles. precedent sets. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. yeah. Well you were speculating that there may have been and probably were uh, Ford people at this auction oh, Brian, just I think for that car. Yeah, maybe Brian. Maybe. To buy it, you think? Just no, in the just room. to see what happened. Just happens. to see what happened, yeah. yeah. It would have been so They're easy. Probably like, shit, we can get way more money. We can get a raise the price on these bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> We're still making some shit. What are they doing? <laughs> no, I was just... Yeah, that, yeah, that was we me. We screw up. <laughs> I had to... I, I assume I would... It would be interesting if it weren't this way, but I definitely assumed that in the room when that car went across the block, there must have been a couple Ford guys De- in the De- room, you know, obviously not telling anybody I mean, who they are. For all we know, since it was a phone bidder, right? That, yes, I believe it was a phone bidder. Yes, Ford it was. Ford bought that car. That was we don't so know. nice. Oh, we I didn't even that. think of that. Yeah, we think it was a phone bidder. Why, why would they buy their own? I don't know. Back, though. I don't know. Just because it's fun just to think about. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I agree with you, but like, just just out of spite. Yeah, I don't know. I, Who knows? The CEO of Ford may have bought his own damn car back. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's probably already got a few in the garage. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, look, but he, but he can afford Jimmy. one. Yeah. One point six yeah. million. Yeah. So let's talk about that thing. All right. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I'll. Uh, so I, I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. I mean, I. <laughs> Unlike my father and my brothers, I uh, I'm, I'm not a huge car car guy. I respect them, I love them, I appreciate them, I, I admire them, but I don't know a ton about them. So I mean, well, it I, just gives a different perspective. On yeah, this. but I mean, I was you know awestruck by the the Ferraris, the the Porsches, the Corvettes. I mean, all that stuff. I mean, I, I loved it all, but what I really didn't like <laughs> is, is what comes to mind for this conversation. Um, so we were, Saturday, we were walking around the area outside the, or Friday, excuse Friday. me, uh, uh, yesterday, walking around the area outside of the actual auction place, and they had this display set up with uh, um, an exhibit, I guess you'd call it, of this collection from this, this guy named Jim Street, went by the name of Jim Street. We still have even his name. Which, it, it's uh, James, I'm going to butcher this, but Skanzakis? I believe yes. that's why he created an alter name. Because... Actually, the articles that I was reading... His name was too hard to say, and he changed it in, like, the 60s that to make it easier. So Jim sense. Street. Jim yeah, sense. so Jim Street, and we, we still don't know what this guy did. We've been trying to figure it out, or where he, how he got his money, or what his right. deal is. Right. But he ended up collecting all these cars, and he had some boats. For, he, he's passed away in November of last yeah, year, so his estate was selling a lot of his, his stuff. Yeah. So anyways, there was this thing called the Golden Sahara 2. And we're walking up to look at it, and we're like, what the hell is this thing? It's up <laughs> yep. behind a rope, pretty much, and yep. help me describe it, fellas, but it was, it's this, it's like twice the length of a normal vehicle, a normal, well, it's like, a 50s old school, vehicle, it's, so it's it was based off of Lincoln, so it's already, it's already huge, Yeah, but it's, you know, one and a half times to two and a half times longer than your average Lincoln, Modern one and a half times longer than, than, than a Lincoln of the time, and it's all gold. 
But beyond that, it's got all these. It has a TV in the center console. It's like a got, CRT up, up TV, front, yeah. Yeah. like front. an old school 1950s. You know, not a digital screen. Yeah, it's like got a, a telephone. <laughs> okay, it's yeah. got it's got all these electronics in it that you don't know. You couldn't make rhyme or reason of what any of this stuff did or what it was for. I mean, it, and. I'm getting a. They put they put a lot of technology into it for it being a '50s concept. I don't. I'm under the impression that none of it works, and it's all just there as ideas, which is good. I can I mean, give you a rundown real quick of yeah, this. So yeah, Brian did do a lot of reading. On I this. did read a bunch about this thing because I mean, there's a reason we're talking about it right now, and we're well, looking at. There's a picture of it on the table that we're all sitting at right now. Well, can I just say something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is Dad. This car is ugly as hell. <laughs> Thank well, you. it's got a bunch of cubes on this. Well, side and of it's it. held together literally by duct tape. I mean, the thing, currently, currently, this currently, thing currently. went across the block with duct tape on it. It did. It did. Um, so this thing was a. It was a. It started out as a crashed Lincoln. Jim Street got the Lincoln and decided he wanted to make a custom car. He actually made the Golden Sahara One. That car was built and and and. and is what it is, and then he decided he wanted to continue the project, so that same car, the Golden Sahara 1, was then redone into the 2. But, so a quick rundown of what this thing has in it. Its center point was a cocktail bar in the back. Uh, like you in know, the trunk area. In the trunk area, so those 50s Lincolns, literally with trunks the size that you could put like a couple people in these trunks. The trunks are the size of like the cabin on modern cars. Right. So there's a bar in the back, the thing had a TV... It had... Um, TV was up front. TV was up front. Where your radio would normally be. It claimed to have voice control. We're, again, we're talking 1950s here. Um, it was built in 55. Something like that, yeah. And it was in a movie in 1962. And he, and he built it for $75,000 in 1955. Or yeah, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, so it claimed to have... This is the stuff Alex doesn't believe works. I'm inclined to agree. Claimed to have some form of voice control. Mm-hmm. It claimed to have... In addition to the voice control, it claimed to have some form of automatic driving. Radar detection, right? It, then it had, well, the, a separate line item was the automatic driving. It, that's all they said about it. Then by another a, line item. remote control device. Right, by some kind of remote control device, which we the saw. Clickers. The clickers. They had the clickers. They had the devices, but again, they there were like, four they buttons. It looks like the type of clicker you would draw in a cartoon where it's like a box with an antenna and then one little button on yeah. it. That's yeah. exactly what Not driving a car. No. Like, there's not enough function in that clicker to drive no. a car. So, um, and then they had, uh, it had radar braking. I could believe that one to work, maybe. Where the way it seemed was it basically sent radar waves out in front of it and any object that it detected that was too close, it would automatically apply the brakes. Yeah. I could... I could believe that. You, you need radar breaking if you're mixing cocktails out of the truck. That's right. <laughs> and talking on the phone. Right. And watching TV. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the, the radar breaking is possible because we all know that radar did exist in the 50s. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, but I want to... Relatively new, though. All things how, considered. How reliable and consistently... Are you trusting that? No. <laughs> and were radar units really that compact that they could be... I not see a radar unit. So the thing is, like... I wouldn't... Okay, considering the way other aspects of the visible vehicle were assembled and put together did you really believe that there's some radar system in there somewhere? negative <laughs> negative <No. laughs> but anyways Brian. well no I mean but I guess I'll say to like all the stuff like us they hyped this thing up and it, it clearly like had stuff in it well, so for them to like fake 
I, I found myself like trying to reconcile the fact that the car clearly physically existed and had like all these things that yeah. were supposed to be there. Well, but then like it was really it was really well known as it was like a concept car traveling around back right. in the day. Well, so right. and, and that's the thing with this car is I, I guess you know he would the, the owner Jim Street would he would a drive it around and kind of show it off yeah. and it yeah. became a little you know. Uh, but he, Iconic car. Yeah, thank you. And but he would also it appeared in a number of movies, mm-hmm. uh, TV shows. So it was yeah. it was definitely well known. And mm-hmm. but then nineteen eighties, he just put it in his garage basically. And by all accounts, he basically wrapped tarps around this thing. And we're looking at again, we're looking at a photo of it right now. And if you haven't already is that gone, what found is that what that photo is? Yes, that's the found photo right really? there. Really? Okay. If you haven't already gone and googled this thing, the Golden Sahara, like the desert. Two, and Roman numerals. I mean, it. Yeah. The guy. I don't. I don't mean to talk negative, but like, I'm not sure it's a what pile he. Was. Of trash. Yeah. <laughs> like he, we were expecting pieces to fall off as it rolled across the. Floor. Well, he he obviously did not take care of it. No. Uh, right. I mean, that's what like, I'm. Like, yes. like this yes. picture we're looking at right now. Uh, there's duct tape all over the car. <laughs> um, I'm, and I the, think the car is go. Well, let, 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 let's go back. We we discover that the original car was white. Yeah. Then somebody decided to paint it gold. With no, no, real, no. It was real gold, right? Well, the trim is actually twenty four karat gold. Trim is real gold. I think that's why they bought it. Yeah. The, no, you got it. You got it. The trim was twenty four karat gold. I but think no, this what car, happened was the car dad was actually white, and the pick the the paint, whatever they, I don't know what paint they used, or something happened to it, or the the climate that he put it in, but the car, as it looks right now, what was a pearl white primarily paint job, uh, is like a gross all too gold. Con- all too convenient that it turned gold, considering like the interior is gold. And if you look at the original pictures, I think these rear fenders or whatever, you know, they they were they gold. were gold. They had some gold, and all the trim was gold. The interior is gold, but this part of the, the front paint. part of the body, the hood, the yeah, the, the front, main body, yeah. that was like a, a, a like pearl white. I bet white. you back in the day. <laughs> If when this car had the proper paint job, and and all that, I bet you it actually looked pretty cool. I bet it did. If you get rid of the goddamn isometric cubes all attached to the side, I think <laughs> That's that, another that thing. is way too weird. How me. do we describe this? There's a bunch of centimeter cubic centimeter cubes. Yeah, solid yeah. cubes just glued to the side. That's like literally, like three D. Like you could yes. you could. If you ran your hand over like it, like on the whole bottom half of the car, there's just a bunch of little centimeter by centimeter by tacked centimeter on. cubes tacked on at well, a 45 degree angle. Well, the only way people are gonna be able to yeah, go look at it. what the what the hell we're talking about is just go Google or whatever you used to search Golden Sahara two and two is Roman uh, Roman numerals. Yeah. And maybe throw in the word, and maybe throw in the word Meekum just so you actually get a picture of what just what crossed we the saw. Board. Yeah, not, not the original because the original. I'll give it to him. It looks, it's different, but it looks okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, no, you're right. The original isn't isn't bad. Uh, what came across the auction block then? <laughs> <laughs> not all, not that. Well, so and so it comes across the block. We didn't realize when we first saw it yesterday that this thing was actually going to be. Yeah, auctioned. that's true. We yeah, it, it looked more a, just like a, a museum, just piece. a museum piece, right? And so today it comes across the auction, and unlike most of the cars that come across for for auction, this had no reserve, which mm-hmm. means there was no minimum bid set for this car. So theoretically, somebody could have gone in and bid a dollar and walked away with this piece yep. of junk. Yeah. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> it ended up going. It ended up going for what did it sell for? 
Oh, it was, oh, like, it was about forty something. And I thought it was three seventy five. Hair or yeah, a little under four. Yeah, yeah three seventy five. Which I mean, three hundred seventy five thousand dollars for. I, did it run? We didn't ever hear it started. Oh, God. I don't Probably think it looks like, Does it still even have an engine in it? Nobody said. It looks like it does. Oh, okay. It looks like it does. I mean, I joke with Alex, like, what would you do if you bought this? You'd, you'd take out an insurance policy and push it off a cliff and collect <laughs> the money. Yeah, I'm, I, I think that in five years we see somebody try to sell this restore. That would make That's a lot of sense. Bet. That's my Because it's in a situation right now where nobody's happy with the way it was degraded, right? Uh, yeah, that's, yes, yeah. so when I was doing reading about this, um, a lot, uh, I shouldn't say a lot, the few articles that I read... The tens of people that give a shit about this. <laughs> <laughs> we had never heard of it. But yeah, so the couple articles that I had been reading about this car, people were just as perplexed as we are about why the, you know, Jim Street basically, like, just put it in a... A, yeah. a warehouse and only covered it with tarps yeah. and basically like mistreated this car. Well, I, I gotta wonder if the guy, you know, either because again we don't know much about him. him. So I have to wonder, maybe you know, either he just a just stopped caring or b he ran out of money because he had a lot of his estate had a lot Ooh, of things going for sale and notice the roadster which somebody can talk about or whatever that's called the bucket thing oh, the, the bucket co- thing, the that, car. that yeah, was falling it. apart yeah. the boats he the estate had that's for auction really were they were in a okay shape but they needed well, a lot of them were half finished were half finished so it's like yeah. this guy had all this stuff and yeah. then at some point whether he stopped caring or he couldn't financially take care of it anymore something happened yeah no, that's, that's a really that's good a point I had not thought of that um, and actually the little bit of reading that I had done he started out in Dayton, Ohio, and and uh, did, definitely did not start with money. Yeah. So yeah. he would mm-hmm. self-made everything. Mm-hmm. So that's well. And the that thing about this car sense, is actually. is I don't know how many people are actually upset about what he did with it, but it was literally his from start to finish. It's it was his to do with whatever he wanted. Do what he right. wanted. And I guess you know from his perspective to defend the guy a little bit. I mean, you build a big career, and then you know you have your heyday, and then maybe you fall out of the limelight, and you. Your bank account isn't what it used to be, mm-hmm. but you still have an emotional attachment to all this yeah. stuff. Right? So you don't want to, you just can't me- mentally let it go. Right. And, and for some reason, you'd, you'd rather hold on to it and and maybe you don't see with your own eyes that it's deteriorating because you have that mental connection. Well, and along those lines, there's also the possibility that the public and the people interested in this car held it in much higher regard than he held it True. himself. Maybe he didn't really realize what For him, was. maybe it was just a $75,000 bar on wheels. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, he tarped the rest of it, but left the back of it. He went out there and made drinks. So, so, so yeah, I mean, obviously he didn't, he, you know... You, you said he wrapped it in tarps. Yeah. Uh, he obviously didn't uh, put it in a controlled environment. No, but, like so I went and got the information here. Um, this god-awful looking car. <laughs> and go, go Google the darn thing. Uh, somebody just paid today uh, $350,000 for this car. It's three fifty. Okay. $350,000, yep. So something that's been perplexing me, and I'm sure we've all thought about it, what is the duct tape? Let me before uh, while you guys are thinking. What is the duct tape covering up or doing in general? I think it was just what was probably holding the tarp down. In you some think fashion. so? That seems like too. There's a lot of duct tape to hold tarp. But see, well, the, there's that, and just for people, uh, the duct tape is like in random places, and it doesn't look like it. 
If I learned anything from watching Breaking Bad, it's covering up bullet holes. That's <laughs> that's almost like what would it's Cracks. almost like the duct tape is covering up well spots of something. Well, the only why reason, would you choose duct tape? Yeah. yeah. No, and the only reason I say it might not be covering something is because I could see some areas where the duct tape was removed, but the residue was still there, and there was really nothing under it. Okay. So, so that maybe at some point they said we're going to stop removing the duct tape to. Just he stop. said he just any more stop. damage. Just yeah. they could have pulled there the duct tape. To deal yeah, with. yeah. I don't know. It's well, yeah, it was odd. It's, it's hard to say. The whole thing was just so odd. Yeah, yeah the whole thing was very odd. Very, very odd. Um, that's being nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a whole book here on it, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're we're flipping through this little book thing, and I mean, obviously, the it was a different time, and for the fifties, I mean, it it certainly is unique, and it's. I mean, okay. Objectively were, speaking, it's very interesting. If they're talking about radar braking systems in 1950, regardless of whether it worked or existed cool. in the first place, just thinking about that is very forward thinking. That's true. So that's, I mean, that's something that didn't come about until the later 2000s. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, I mean, like you said, Brian, it's 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 very interesting. Um, the whole thing yeah. is really interesting. Yeah. We could talk a little bit real quick about the... He did have another car, sort of one... So the Golden Sahara went up, and then and his next thing went up. You know, I did put a bunch of gold on the Buick, so I, I can't really say much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch this... Uh, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say this next car, which Brian is, I, I can describe better than I can, but I, I hadn't... It is similar to the Golden Sahara 2 in its current state in that it looks like a piece of garbage. Yeah. Um, but seeing a picture a of how it was in its original form, that is cool. It's a badass car. There's no well, doubt. What's really cool Ooh, about even this? Top up. This started an entire movement of type of car. Well, we got to describe what the type of car is. Well, so the car itself, as... the car itself is called the Cookies K O O K I E S apostrophe S. Uh, K A R cookies car, lots of K's, and it is credited. Cookies car, It is credited with starting what they call the tea bucket craze. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll defer to Alex to describe what we have. A whole lot. Of, I mean, they're they're little roadster. They're little hot rod roadsters. But you start with like a thirty something Ford or Chevy body, and it has no roof. Um, the right. engine's completely exposed. Everything's exposed. Yeah. All I the mean, drive elements are exposed. All the, the steering the, arms think, are exposed. I think a significant... Um, I could be very wrong here, but I think a good part of a T-bucket is the way, if you notice with this thing, when it sits, the body's very... Angled. Kind of angled yeah. down. Yeah. Like the back end is sitting up really high, and then it kind of angles downwards. A little two-seater. Um, you uh, die instantly if you crashed in this thing. <laughs> in 1952, some guy purchased a fenderless 1931 Ford Model A V8 Roadster for a hundred bucks and turned it into yeah. Cookie's car, <laughs> which it was I not originally Cookie's named Cookie's car. Cookie's car. It went through a couple name changes. This oh, thing, good. by the way, has got two superchargers on it. I don't it's, think it runs. It, it, I think Alex was the one who said this, but if you were to step on this thing in a straight line. If it actually was tuned and ran correctly from what it has stuffed in it. A thousand More. horsepower full race engine. Yeah. More than likely, you could probably flip this thing over. Oh, yeah. Like With the torque. Assuming the traction is there. Yeah, assuming, yeah. And, and it's going to be there because one of the striking, more striking features of this thing is the fact that it has two rear tires on either side. Which it doesn't in this picture. I, I noticed, I just noticed that, but the, so the form that we saw it. Yeah. Um, has four in fact, rear tires. Yeah, it basically has four rear tires. Yeah. 
Yeah, two narrow racing slicks, basically. Somebody right next to each other. Right more to each other on, on each because side. it kept flipping over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but no, the thing is so powerful, you could probably throw yourself yeah. out of well, it. Well, we're, we're, we're flipping through this book that has both the uh, um, Sahara and the... And GS2. The, uh, and the hot rod here. Uh, this, <laughs> the uh, the Kuki car uh, was rated at 1,000 horsepower. Twin That's 671 superchargers. I bet you that 1,000 horsepower is just junk. I bet you think. I think it's 1,000 horsepower. <laughs> Ballpark. Bar. Ballpark. Ballpark. That's right. Yeah. That's a lot. That's what that means. Um, it would. Th- I mean, and if you strap two superchargers on an engine... On an engine like that thing has, yeah, but 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 this thing, like the Golden Sahara, I mean, the interior is disintegrating. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, the seat cushions are the the, the whole thing on. just looks like a mess. There's, there's a lot of foam in those seats and backing. That's and just door gross. panels. Yeah. That's just all deteriorating. Now I do love the skull shifter. Yeah, would, and and not even a small one. No, it's like a you you. No, you got to have a John Cena hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> so did this thing sit? For equally as long. That's roughly. that. I didn't honestly. I didn't do much reading about this oh, one. Yeah. Um, but this I was actually. I would. I would push this more towards the realm of cool than the golden sphere. What I thought was a little interesting um, yeah. about this is that you, the 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 Sahara was behind ropes. We couldn't actually get too yeah. super up close to that one. But this you could walk right up yeah. next yeah, to. Yeah, touched it. And it still had dirt and filth on the inside. They made no they effort. Just this out. They made no effort to clean it. Well, you don't want to get rid of that patina. But it's, <laughs> right. it's, all, it's all original patina and original dirt. That was a selling there. factor of that GTO that crossed that was still covered in, you know, that was a, it was a barn find and people want to receive it that way. True. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Somebody, the person so, who bought that will clean that off, but. Yeah. Um, flip back real quick. I just want to make a comment and I know the people listening can't see this, but the rear suspension leaf spring Oh, is wow. ornately designed rather than functionally designed. Oh, that's designed. very interesting. <laughs> it's designed oh. to look pretty more than... And there's another skull. And there's there. another there's skull, skull right there. Yeah, yeah this thing definitely does get... I don't personally love it, but it definitely is badass. It's pretty well, neat looking. I mean, nobody... there. So the Golden Sierra, too, did not create a movement of cars. The Golden there Sahara. I think right. he said Sierra. No. The Golden so, Sahara didn't, you know, like... Create three, four, five, and well, six. They're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're saying they're saying that this kooky car uh, started the hot yeah, rod, the, pretty much the, the hot rod, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I can, and, I mean, yeah. But and, on the other hand, somebody loved it enough because this actually did go through the, the auction the price. today. Uh, someone paid four hundred and forty thousand dollars for this car. So you can go Google uh, Kooky's car. K-O-O-K-I-E-A-R, and you can. You can see it. And what blows my mind is, I mean, I'm naive, but for that money, you could have walked out of there with a couple <laughs> classic Corvettes, Ooh. a freaking Ferrari. Uh, Things you can actually enjoy. I mean, like <laughs> a really nice vehicle. Yeah, or yeah. the kooky car. The <laughs> and everyone would think you're kooky. Yeah. Dad, what was your favorite car? Well, I, I mean, real quick, before we go to Dad. Um, so that was your least favorite car, Mike. Ah, true. Did you have a favorite? I mean, I... <sighs> I, you know, it's it's hard for me to pick out a favorite because I, I really in, enjoyed a lot of them, but Alex and I were talking and uh, I have always I know liked the Italian sports cars yeah. and the <laughs> S107, the 2002 Ferrari 575 Mirinello, 6-speed, 515 horsepower, V12, V12, 
The estimated range was two twenty five to two hundred seventy five thousand. The car did not sell. No, no, no. Oh, it did. No, it did. This one. Yeah. No, 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 it, they no, did. Oh, it didn't. I'm sorry. I'm oh, wait, sorry. wait. No, I'm sorry. It oh, did. they lifted the reserve. They That's did. it. Yeah, this is the very last minute. That's this, a freaking bargain. This man. thing ended up selling for one hundred sixty thousand dollars. I'm like. Dude, that's one of the last gated shifter manual Ferraris you can buy. And I, one thing that I love six about that too. car. Six yeah. speed, I mean, it just... And you were thinking, damn, a, I could have bought that. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to save for a house. Well, screw the house, I'll get a Ferrari. <laughs> you can live in that. That's a GT Ferrari. You can spend time in there. <laughs> Dad, can I move back home? I'll bring the Ferrari. <laughs> hey, we still have a five-bedroom house, so why not? I don't know. I love that car because yeah. it's... It's not everybody's favorite Ferrari, and it's a little understated, and you know it, it, it can cruise under the radar a little bit, which I like. It just um, just it, the 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 design of the whole thing, car. just the way it looks. Uh, the the silver was nice. Man. I mean, black would, would would probably have been a little cooler, but uh, yeah, that that was probably my favorite. Black's yeah. hard to take care of. I can tell you. Yeah, that. well, it's rough. Yes, it actually. is. It either looks great or it looks terrible. I had, <laughs> I, had, I had a black seventy H. Blazer that I bought new, and yes, black is very difficult to take care of. I had a black '98 blazer, and uh, yes, true. it was difficult to, to keep it looking yeah. nice. So the silver, I guess, is a more practical choice. So if I'm going to buy a Ferrari yellow, <laughs> <laughs> such a reasonable man. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you got to compromise somewhere. So right, yeah, who's next here? Uh, go for it. Uh, uh, well, I'm I'm a GM guy, particularly uh, Chevys. And love Corvettes, and there were many of them. Most of which probably I could, the most, most of which I, the most represented. Most car. of which I couldn't afford, um, without selling my home uh, <laughs> and getting a divorce, which we considered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, selling. The I home wasn't going to go yeah. there, but thank you, Mike. You're up. Yeah, my mother's going to hear this. Yes, but I, you know, I, I do own a 71 Corvette convertible, so, you know, I, I already do have a nice driver. Um, it's not all original, but back to uh, my favorite car. Um, I also own, my first new car was a 1970 Chevelle, so I was looking at the 70 Chevelle Supersports, and oh my God, they're just not affordable, at least not for me. It's got no um, hand. Yeah, they're, I mean, these things are... A hundred thousand plus. A couple of them. A couple of them didn't sell, and the bid ran up to well over a hundred thousand. But the reserve was more than that, so the owner didn't reserve. Didn't pull the reserve. Mm-hmm. The car didn't sell. Um, but one of the nicest cars there was a nineteen sixty Chevrolet Impala uh, Tri Power, uh, which means uh, three two car. Two-barrel carburetors. I was going to ask what that meant like yeah, way th- earlier. Yeah, three two-barrel two-barrel. Which carburetors. does what for you? Having more carbs like that, as yeah. opposed to maybe two two-barrels. A hell of a lot more power. Yeah. You get more gas going, more <laughs> gas and air. Um, and this particular car is unrestored. And I talked to the owner. Um, it was a, it's a 348 cubic inch, 335 horsepower car. Um, the guy that currently owns it, well, he doesn't own it anymore because it did sell. Um, <laughs> he bought it last fall, so that would have been, uh, he said, November of 2017. He's, he's a car dealer. And so, street died. 
So he buys and sells cars, and he buys some. He he has fun with them, and then he then he flips them. Um, he lives in Arizona in the winter months. He's in some northern state um, during the other parts of the year, um, and uh, it's a it's a standard transmission. Um, the original owner, when he passed away, the family who was in Minnesota, they kept the car in a controlled environment. Um, the car was show, literally showroom condition, and these other guys can vouch for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, if, this if car was freaking told me you should If you told me it was restored, I would have believed you. Yeah, no. It was unrestored, and it had, mm, had 66,000 miles on it. And I'm I like convertibles because my Corvette is a convertible, but it turned out this is a car I could have bought. Um, That's only undersold. It, it's a hard top, uh, standard transmission. Like I said, the estimated price was seventy to ninety, and it and the owner let it go for fifty nine thousand dollars. What a steal! Yeah. So that was actually my favorite car. I love the Chevelles, but. This thing takes the yeah. cake. I think the reason it might have sold low is because somebody going into some of these cars sees unrestored as nice in the sense that it's all original, but, but also you're taking on some work, right? Because think yeah. about your car that's not restored. You have wiring that becomes brittle over. This car's only older than yours by quite a bit, 11 years. Um, wiring becomes brittle and suspension components and blah, blah, blah. So stuff like that. I mean, you're taking on something that's, you can't just let, you shouldn't just let sit there. Right, but you guys read the description of the car. It said normal maintenance yeah. was done. Yeah. Uh, obviously, things oh, like, I'm sure it can thing, things like uh, you know, 50-year-old bushings need mm-hmm. to be replaced if they haven't been. Yeah. Um, but the car was just immaculate. Yeah, it, it was. It was a beautiful car. I think you could, you could probably keep track of that car, you know. You, you it's probably here. It's a it's unique enough. It's unique yeah. enough where you could you could keep track of it, and I'm sure it'll come up for sale again. It's what happens with sure. these. We learned that pretty yeah, solidly. So, Cars you, are you, coming you, up for sale almost like like the same car could theoretically come up for sale like almost every year. Yeah, that seems to be well, how some of these guys operate. This particular owner does because I talked to him yeah, enough yeah. that he buys. <clears throat> I, he kind of knows Dana Meekum personally. Yeah. He's done enough business. So, as I said, this guy will buy a car, have fun with it for a while, yeah. go back to Meekum, sell it, buy something Hard else. In right. fact, in our conversation, he bought two cars today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, yes, I'm partial of Corvettes and 70 Chevelles, but this was my favorite. Nice. Cool. Let's, uh, okay, that's uh, a good uh, choice. I, I can't say I'm surprised because I've, I've heard you talk about cars like that before, but. Uh, that would not have been my... If I had to bet money on it, I would not have bet that that was my no. favorite. So well, cool. yeah, cool. because now I'm partial to convertibles, but in this particular case... Make the sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Being the engine that it's got and, and uh, a standard transmission, forget the convertible yeah. top. And sometimes you've got to sacrifice a little bit yeah. on something. It's a good choice. Brian? I was, I was I was perusing through the book here just to re- refresh my memory a little bit as you guys were talking, and I, I really did struggle. I was never on the lookout for a favorite car necessarily, and I, I did struggle, now that I'm thinking about it, to really identify one. 
There was, I will mention, an honorable mention. Uh, <laughs> there was a 1970 Pontiac DTO uh, Judge version, which was a particular, it was a particular, it was a particular package, but it had a, a paint job that mirrors the art style of our podcast, <laughs> of this podcast. Um, it was a, it was a, the, the style of the art, well, I shouldn't say the style of the art, really the color palette that we use for our, the art of this podcast is called Vaporwave. Mm-hmm. And it's that like 80s Miami Vice pinks, purples, oh, like yeah. blue, like yeah, blues. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And so this Pontiac was, was done up in that, to, uh, that blue and that pink and it was quite nice. Um, there was also this baby blue boss Mustang, you know, oh, yes. the boss Mustang. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. This thing was just, once he's done, uh, very nice. That was, I, I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and it, it, it nice. the color popped, like, <clears throat> you oh, see oh, so this, many this blacks thing. and whites and, and everything, and, and this thing was that baby blue, and it just, or, I don't know, robin egg blue, I don't know what kind of blue, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and it just, it stood out amongst everybody, but I guess, I guess what I would go with, really, being the race fan that I am, and, and racing in general, I just, I can't get enough of, um... I'm going to have to, I'll describe the, the pace car collection. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. The pace car collection was, was pretty cool. Um, and, and there was a particular car within that collection that I, I would have loved to have. Um, so this guy, I, I don't know his name, which is, is a shame actually. Yeah. But I don't remember his name. Yeah. So this guy, uh, built this collection of pace cars, which are, if you're not informed, um, the Indianapolis 500, which is like an oval track, and they, well, that, that's the race, but the Indianapolis track is an oval, and they have this big race called the Indianapolis 500, and it's 500 laps. Anyway, a pace car is not a race car that's racing in the race, but it's a, when an accident happens or at the start of the race. Basically, this is a, a, sh- how would you, a show car. It's like a lead car. Like, it's a pace car. Well, but well, I'm trying to... Trying to define so at the start of the race, it's gonna in a NASCAR race, you don't start from a dead stop, right? Right, it's a rolling start, it's a rolling start. So, this pace car is out front, it leads them around, it keeps the it keeps the pace, it keeps that 30 miles an hour, whatever it is. And and so, the pace car, the pace car for big races is always like a special thing. Mm -hmm. Like, the pace car for the Indianapolis 500 each year is a particular car, cool car. So, this guy over 16 years got together. 16 or so um, Indianapolis 500 pace cars and and so had had this collection and so he was trying to sell this collection of 16 and I should say they're all Corvettes and the Corvette has been the pace car for the Indianapolis 500 you know for the past two decades and so he built this whole collection of cars over a long time and and then uh, decided to sell after however long many years and the cool part was the the proceeds of the sale were going to charity so this guy wasn't even pocketing the money right so the deal was is is before this went up for auction um they were going to try to sell the whole set of cars together and then if they couldn't they were going to you know part them or uh, you know sell them individually so they put all 16 or whatever Corvettes onto the block at once, which and was really cool. them all in there. Which that cool. was really cool. And for what it's worth, the... Which was the first time they've ever done anything like that. Yes. Yes. And, and for what it's worth, I thought it was interesting. They, the collection as a whole had a reserve, so the guy had a minimum amount yes. in mind. Had that not 
had that reserve not been met and they had to piece it out car by car, those cars individually were going to sell with no reserve. Yeah. So this guy, right. he was putting there a lot saying, on. I'm one way or another, I'm selling these cars and I'm giving the money to charity. Yeah, which yeah. was really cool. That, the guy gets a lot of points. Um, and I would hazard a guess that if they had <clears throat> spoiler, they ended up selling the whole lot as one. Um, but if they had gone to individual cars, I, I they would have sold a lot less. I'm, I'm sorry, all the cars would have been sold, obviously, Probably. but they would have made less. far less I money. Think so. I think so. So the yeah, whole collection... The idea, the thought of them being all together adds something to it. Adds right? Definitely. Kind of definitely. Yeah. So the whole collection, 16 cars, sold for $1.6 million. Yeah. Yep. And Which, that, mind you, is the same amount that the... Yeah, I think Ford we said that at the time. No, no, no. Six, one Ford GT or 16 Corvettes? Exactly. I don't know. Tough to say. Make the choice. <laughs> so I guess my favorite part about this whole collection here is the fact... One, it's they're all... They're race. I mean, they're not actually race cars, I suppose, but they've all got very cool graphics. A special paint package on the Corvette. Yeah, and there was one in particular, a, uh, a 2006 Z06 Corvette that had an American flag style uh, livery on it. It's called, but not pretty subtle. It was very nice. Yeah, very nice. I like that one a lot. Um, and so the idea of being able to have all 16 of those cars, and if you imagine, there's 52 weeks in the year. Mm. Every couple of weeks, you can just put, park one up and take the next one out. And I just like the idea of somebody having enough space available for 16 vehicles to just move in. <laughs> well, and you know, and, and we're, we just said how the, the collection as a whole, getting them together adds value. But I guess to the uh, on, on the flip side of that coin, it could detract value. Good. Because now you're right. You need to be able to not only store but maintain 16 vehicles. Yeah. Um, yeah, and maintaining 16 Corvettes, I mean... And if, you've, if you're buying 16 Corvettes, you've already got cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's not your first car. Your man, you, you, show, you want go from zero collector vehicles to 16 in a day. <laughs> that... That's the type of person who dives in deep on stuff. That escalated quickly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, and Brian, not to no, I think I know what you're going to say. Interject here, but I, I got to point out that uh, this gentleman who yes, sold yes. this collection yes. here sold the '16 Corvettes for 1.6. Gives pocket, the money to pocket at zero. Pocket yes. at zero. Oh, An wait. hour later, I forget which one he bought. Maybe one of guys. I can tell you which one he bought. Buys a, 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 a Corvette for 350,000. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Seven tri-power coupe. Yeah. So, so right. if you want to look at it this way, the guy just dropped two million uh, yeah. in a matter of. A, an hour and a half. Yeah, he bought. He bought. <laughs> I um, if they didn't sell the lot of cars together, it added forty minutes to the entire day because they have to sell. No, they sell sixteen cars individually. Oh my god! Selfishly, because after this lot was sold, came the Ferraris that I was really interested. Yeah, you're glad and it when it was sold, sold at a lot. I said, "Thank God." I think, I, think it's, I think it's fair to say that everybody in the room. Was glad that all I bet you that's why the guy bid on them. Just he's like, all right, let's. I want to bid on something else later. Actually, so let's just get this. Is <laughs> um, I can tell you. Money I actually, if anybody is so inclined, yeah. lot number S one one eight is the nineteen sixty seven Corvette Coupe that this guy purchased after selling. So lot number S ninety one was his collection, the whole collection of the pace cars. And then 20 cars later, 20 cars later he drops 
and the S he, he drops three hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars on another just a single a Corvette. single Corvette. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that Corvette that he bought oh, is it was, it's, badass. It's, it's black with red and oh my the red singer. It's one eighteen. And when you walk when you first walked into this auction, they actually had this collection of pace cars on display. Yeah, it was front and center. Not only did they have it on display, but they had two video screens, massive video screens playing on repeat an interview with this guy yeah. and he clearly loves Loved. his Corvettes oh, like, yeah. and so God. I just think you know for this guy to let this collection go I actually I don't know for sure but I, I could have sworn I saw when it sold he was wiping a couple tears away from it was, I, it was I, I don't really, mean that lightly I, I'm not joking I think it was an emotional event for him yeah, I think it was not. and the whole room it was a cool it was a cool was moment the whole blessed. room was very into it yeah. And there were definitely like when the when the big cars come up and the big things come up, there's a, an atmosphere in the room that energy changes. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And yeah, when when the pace car collection sold, and quickly too, in the sense that like people wanted it. There wasn't hesitation. There was no there was hesitation. hesitation. People wanted it. There was action. Going back an hour from now, <laughs> that speaks to the the power of the auctioneer in a little way because when those big things come down and the auctioneer kind of everything slows down, right? And it's like that creates the opposite atmosphere that was present a minute ago when they were firing off cars, right? right? So it just kind of shows the how Scale much the, uh, how much if you if you can change the mood in the room that much by stopping the auctioneer, it's the opposite when he starts, right? Yeah. It creates that atmosphere yeah. or a different atmosphere. But. Yeah, so that was I guess that was the highlight for me. That was really cool. Real quick another honorable mention. Um, there were a couple uh, 2006 Four GTs. So the people, the, if you're buying these cars, freaking drive them. That pissed me off a lot. Yeah, Sorry. these four GTs, while totally gorgeous, especially the red and white one. <laughs> um, black. Yeah. Yeah. There's two identical ones. One black, one red and white. And the black had a delete strip. Stripe delete. Stripe delete. Stripe delete. Stripe delete. <laughs> um, but what was weird about these two four GTs, while that particular body is. Gorgeous, and so is its credit, uh, successor, the one from uh, that we were talking about earlier, the controversial one. Um, the owner of these two Ford GTs, which were part of a collection, um, each car had well, one car had two miles on the odometer, the other car had 2.3 miles on the odometer, which is Alex, which is Alex was just saying is like kind of shitty. He didn't touch them, it still had the dealer plastic all over Those it. Yeah, the, that's the, red the mileage that occurred from driving the vehicle off the lot onto a trailer to get it to his house, basically. Right. He didn't touch them. No. Yeah, the or red shit. one, the red yeah. one literally no, no. still had, like, the when you buy a new phone, door. yeah, like when you buy a new phone and you, phone, and you peel that plastic off yeah, and it's very, film on it. the film, that, the red one still had all of that on it. That sucks. That's not it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of lame. But the car was gorgeous, so. And both of those sold, right? Did uh, they both sold? Yeah, yes, they did. Yes. Lower yeah, than I expected. I, I wrote it yeah, down. Yeah, the X. Uh, that's right. Well, right. One was the black was 340, the red was 360. That's right. Yes, yeah. you got it exactly right. Yep. I was expecting four or more, honestly, from both of them. Yep. And then there's the uh, Uh-oh. supposed showstopper. Of uh, oh Saturday yeah. no that was Friday Friday's showstopper Friday. yeah so the GT oh yeah Dad, talk about that the, yeah the, uh, real quick the GT was so they kind of line up like some big cars for yeah yeah they kind of line up some big cars for Friday and then Saturday Saturday being the primary day so for Saturday the big car main attraction main attraction 
was, I guess, all in a group was the pace car collection, the controversial DT, mm-hmm. and the uh, Golden the Golden Sahara. Sa- the yeah. Golden Sahara. yeah. yeah. But on Friday <laughs> there was a car that I'll. Uh, Dad, you can describe, but yeah, uh, yeah on Friday, Friday's main attraction was interesting for a lot of reasons. Yeah, it was a uh, 1967 L88 coupe, one of 20 produced, and it has the tank sticker, and for those that don't know what that is, that is the sticker of what is wh- how the car is being built in terms of options and, mm-hmm. and so on. Still um, stuck to the inside of the window, still, and actually kind of gross looking. And I think originally, they... they Put it on. They stuck it to the gas tank, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so. I, I don't know. If, yeah, not that's the, why. Not the window sticker. The, oh, the tank sticker. Uh, yeah, not the, the window sticker. Oh, yeah. So because the car, because the cars are coming along overhead, right? Okay. Ignore uh, what I just said. And oh, look up and see see what this car is is getting. Um, so this oh. car was billed at uh, estimated to go for one point two five to one point seven five million dollars, and it's a rather Rare Corvette, and I didn't write down a lot of the specs. But Had a couple miles on it, just yeah. like those GTs, just a handful. Yeah. Uh, if you know anything about a '67, this, this was a coupe. It had a couple miles on it. It's yellow. It's got a black stinger, uh, immaculate condition. Um, the car got up to one point six million dollars. Now remember, the range is one point two five to one point seven five, and 1.6 didn't meet the reserve. The next bid that they were looking for was 1.8. The owner of the car did not remove the reserve, so the car didn't sell. The, now, bid, the bid goes on. Ready for this? The bid goes on. Now, you got an update there? So, it's, it did still, sell? It's, well, it's still in the bid goes on process, but the current high bid is $2.2 million. Holy what? Sh- what? Yep. What? Oh, this owner's getting greedy. Oh, my goodness. No, I mean, he's well, letting I bet ride. you he just rides it out and whatever he gets at the end. Because I think it, when the yeah. bid goes on, I think it, just is what it, is. it is what it is. Like, if you put a bid down and yours is the last highest bid, like, you, yeah. you can't retract How long do they keep that process going for? Probably then? just the end of the auction. Probably the end of the oh, auction. Okay. So maybe okay, that's Sunday incredible. That's so incredible. Only that's 20 L88s were made in 67. They made a few more in 68 and 69. Well, well, there you go. This Corvette is one of twenty. One of twenty. LA. The only one in that color. The only one with no miles. Shoot, like literally one of a kind. One of a kind. One of a kind. And the best of the best. Yes. yes. Corvettes in sixty. Except the two point two. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. So, Alex, uh, I guess we're going on here. Uh, although <laughs> I'm not okay. controlling this podcast. Uh, you want to talk about the. The engine that I was sold? gonna bring that up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right after they sold they attempted to sell the that lady Corvette, they sold um just the engine from one of these wheels. <laughs> they literally pushed an engine on a crate on with some wheels. Twenty three thousand dollars is what this sixty seven uh L eighty eight engine went for alone. It was pretty comical to see car, 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 car yeah. engine. <laughs> on a dolly, <laughs> on, on a dolly being pushed across. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, but the reason that that engine and the car itself are so uh, crazy, and I'll, I'll shorten the story. But basically, this L eighty eight engine into the Corvette was a racing spec engine, all aluminum, um, and you had to know that it existed to be able to order it. It didn't. It wasn't advertised, so you had to go into your Chevy dealership in '67 
and know that this was an option. Um, and Which doesn't happen today. No, and if you went in there and you just found out about it, the way they advertised it, and I'm doing air quotes, um, it looked like it was a $1,000 option on the spec sheet for no gain, essentially. They, they listed the horsepower as the same as the next engine in the line. So unless you knew what you were optioning, it was like, well, why would I pay $1,000 for no. essentially nothing? But what in reality we're getting was a, with a few simple tunings, a 600 horsepower <laughs> race engine in your 1967 vehicle. Which so, was quite impressive. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, huge. So, and right. why do you think they did that? Was it to create word of mouth amongst like car circles? Them the same or, or why, that's why? the part of the story that I don't remember. Um, it's exact. I mean, they, it was a racing engine. They developed it to go racing. But as far as hiding its availability like that, in a sense, I don't know. I don't remember why. So thinking like well, a subtle marketing move kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. No idea. Yeah. Maybe they didn't want the general public to really have it. Yeah. For, obvi- for somewhat obvious reasons. If you knew about it, fine. If you didn't, we're not going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, well, so we've been crazy. going for a while here. I think we maybe... Uh, Wrap it up, or Brian, do you have anything else you want no, to No, no, I, I was thinking, no, I think we're, uh, yeah. yeah. Last but not least, we got some pretty damn good brats. <laughs> yeah. We did get some good brats. Yeah. It yeah. was a holdover meal, but it was nice. Uh, yeah, any final thoughts? I don't know. Uh, um, I think next time we should come back with, uh, we should show that guy that we're serious and we should buy something. Yeah. We could pool our money. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes we could. And 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 almost I'm, I'm, I had the horse that he wants to buy. I had the catalog. I'm looking at it right now. Um, they start like we said earlier at the top. They start selling right away on Tuesday, mm-hmm. all the way through Sunday. It almost looks like some of the deals are probably well. Those are the cars that are in nice driver condition. That maybe they don't have numbers matching. Maybe there's some things that are just not. Ultra rare. They're not the $1.6 million cars. But well, those are the ones you want to get if you're actually going to drive around. Right, yeah, right. So. You don't want to necessarily drive around the $1.6 million car. Nobody's ever going to drive that 67 Corvette. Nope. Not nope. It's going to rot. Nobody's going to drive. Miles well, actually, those GTs might get driven. The the two GTs. Oh Somebody's God. probably going to drive those. If I could afford that one point, that $1 million 67 yellow vet, I would drive it. Good. You guys know me. I would drive it. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. All right, well... Yeah. Because I don't own a museum or, or a car collection, so I, I would drive it. Yeah. But you might if you had $1.6 million. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, well, uh, thank you for listening. Um, hopefully we didn't uh, put you to sleep with car talk. No, but hopefully you uh, enjoyed this offbeat <laughs> episode of The Wandering Bears. Yeah, and it was really good to have everybody in person. And at some point in the future, that will be the, uh, that'll be the way it happens, but... Yeah, Until maybe, then. Yeah, maybe the next time we'll report that we bought a car. Yeah, that would be right. cool. So, uh, yeah, Mike and Dad, thank you for joining us. Yep. Thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, it was great. Of course. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks.